You're listening to the Contagious Confidence Podcast, and I'm your host, Katie Hawks. I'm passionate about helping you unleash confidence in every area of your life. Confidence is a journey, and I'm here to remind you that you're not alone. Every other Tuesday, I'm bringing you conversations that will inspire, encourage, and challenge you. Are you ready? Have you let fear hold you back in different areas of your life? Fear of failure, fear of the unknown, fear of change, fear of how people will perceive you? I know I have. That's why I asked my friend Allie to come on the podcast to share her story and talk about her relationship with fear. Allie has used her fear as a way to help build her confidence. I can't wait for you to hear what she has to say. Allie Evans is an encouragement coach, host of the newly launched Chasing Progress podcast, which is amazing, by the way, and founder of Brave Space CLT, a Charlotte-based group for goal-setting women looking for a supportive community to go through life with. After massive changes in her life, Allie began a journey of self-discovery, leading her to become the woman she truly is meant to be instead of settling for good enough. She is on an absolute mission to ensure that women are creating lives that they love each day, getting closer to the best version of themselves. I'm so excited for you to get to know Allie, so let's get into it. Welcome back to the Contagious Confidence Podcast. I'm so glad you're here. My guest is someone that is an encouraging and empowering force in my life. She is someone that I became fast friends with. And someone that I knew as soon as I met her, she had to come on this podcast. (laughs) Allie Evans is an empowerment coach, is the founder of Brave Space CLT, which is a meetup for those that identify as women in the Charlotte area, and is the host of the Chasing Progress podcast. Allie, I'm so happy that I get to call you my friend and that I get to introduce you to my listeners today. Uh, I would love to give you an opportunity to say hello and let them get to know you a little bit better. Hi, I, I don't think I've ever been so excited for a conversation. I feel like we've been building this up, um, for some time and, it, and, and you asking me, it was just, it was such a natural yes. So a little bit about me. Uh, my name is Allie as, uh, Katie so beautifully stated. Um, I live in Charlotte. I am 33 years old. I do a lot of things. Um, one is being an encouragement coach. It's my own business. I started it a few years ago after I was on my own journey, um, developing my confidence, struggling with feeling like I didn't have a community to belong to as I was going through some tougher transitions in life. So started that process. I also work at a software company during the day and um, I bartend on the weekends as well. So Multi-passionate is what I like to refer to myself as. I often find myself doing things that I feel will impact other people in a positive way. I think that's just natural for me. They, I'm, I'm coming into terms with the fact that good things to do in life or a good habit to have or plans to have are ones that are that come easy and come natural. And sometimes that's the opposite of what we're sort of told to do as humans and, and with the culture that we live in, like you have to struggle really hard at something to, for that to be your purpose or for you to be passionate about it. 
And while struggle is fine, I still think we can lean into the things that come naturally to us. And so one of those things for me is encouraging people. So my work with an encouragement coach as an encouragement coach uh, allows me to help others reach for their higher purpose, to get really intentional about the way that they want to live their life, get really, really clear on what that feels like and what that looks like. And then I'm helping them with the steps and the mindset um, and the encouragement, obviously, <laughs> to be uh, more confident in themselves and in their choices and to work towards that with having that higher purpose or deeper meaning always kind of in the back of your head. Um, I realized I didn't introduce myself at all there. I'm from Miami, <laughs> Florida. <laughs> I, I moved to Charlotte two years ago after a solo travel journey. journey. I lived in Miami, Florida for until I was 30 years old, sold my house, sold my car, uh, moved to Italy for a few months and then started backpacking through Europe and through Southeast, Southeast Asia and uh, an experience and a number of experience that absolutely brought me back to the person I truly am after a um, pretty traumatic divorce and um, big changes in my life. I left a teaching career that I loved after almost 10 years in the classroom knowing that there was something bigger out there for me and that I needed to come to terms with myself again because I, I had lost myself in that process. Um, moved to Charlotte, found a community here, created a community here, which I'm sure we'll talk about because that's how Katie and I met, um, and loving every second of this life that I'm choosing and building for myself after a long time of feeling like I didn't have that uh, ability or opportunity. Mm. Oh, I just love you, Allie. I like, I I got chill bumps when you were talking. I've heard your story. I'm excited for your people to hear some of it today. Uh, but it just it speaks volumes about who you are as a person and how you impact people because you've definitely made my life richer since that we've met, um, and you've definitely been an encouragement to me. So. Um, before we get into the interview, uh, I would love for you to share your confidence boost. Are you ready to share or do you want me to go first? Why don't you go ahead and then okay. I'll follow you up. Okay, cool. Uh, so I had a situation today that really made me mad. Like I felt it in my body. I, uh, I just, I had to take a walk around my house cause I was like, I'm so worked up right now. I've got to calm down. <laughs> And I took a minute to breathe. I took a minute to think about it. And then I handled it in a way that I was proud of and it was received well. And yeah, it was a confidence boost because before Katie years ago would have just swept it under the rug and been frustrated and dealt with it and not stood up, stood up for myself. But I stood up for myself today and that was a huge confidence boost. So. Beautiful. I love when boosts, confident boosts. Also, I love that you do this. I'm a listener of your podcast and I love <laughs> listening to how different people boost their confidence. Um, hearing from women, because I think in general, confidence is one of those things that we don't like to admit when we have a lack of confidence. And that's okay to have a lack of confidence and need to build that up. It's like a muscle. It's not you don't have to be without confidence to say that I need things to boost my confidence. It's, it's something that you have to um, build into, like work up to and do those little confidence boosting actions to become more confident. Um, 
I don't know that if you know this, I feel like we maybe have had this conversation, but prior to being an encouragement coach, my title was confidence coach, mm-hmm. uh, which was just was such a natural fit here. And uh, it just, it, it evolved into something a little bit different. I definitely still do confidence work with uh, clients, but encouragement was just a, a more fit for, for my personality and my purpose. But when I was thinking about this confidence boost, it was so hard for me because I feel like that's an area that I really struggled with for a really long time and now seem to have a better handle on it. That being said, it's not a perfect day every day, right? Confidence is not necessarily exuded every single day. But I think right now at the stage that I'm in, confidence, my confidence boost is doing things that are outside of what I'm comfortable doing, outside of the comfort zone. That's when I feel my most confident. It's scary jumping in. But when I do that thing that's scary, when I jump in with two feet, don't think too much about it, that's when I feel so confident. I feel radiantly confident to the point where people can see it. I I mean, I I, I notice it when I have the uncomfortable conversations, you know, when I'm trying out something brand new that I've never done before, that's when I feel my most confident. And, And I recommend it to anyone in the whole world. If you're if you're questioning something and you're like, I'm really scared of doing that. Try jumping in because I guarantee on the other side of it, whether that thing works out or not, you're going to build confidence in the in the, the interim yes. between point A and point B. Oh, I 100% agree with you. I literally am sm- like I'm beaming. I'm smiling from <laughs> ear to ear because I just love talk- talking to you about this stuff. But I think that also goes so beautifully into what we're talking about today, too, um, because Allie is starting a podcast. By the time this interview comes out, it will be in the world, which is exciting. Um, and sorry about I that have, squeak. You know, <laughs> that's the high pitch, you know, when it <laughs> registers in a different, like the Richter scale is like. Um, but she, she is an encourager of people, and the way she lives her life is encouraging people to live their best life, and. I, when we were talking about this interview, I asked Allie if she could talk about bravery and her relationship with fear, because I feel like that is a huge area that we all need help in. So I'm really excited to talk to you about that today and how you kind of use fear to help you in a lot of ways. Um, So before we dive into my questions that I have for you, I would love for you to share more about your story and what led you to where you are today. Absolutely. Um, I don't want to start too far back, but I think it's important to point out that um, I was always a very confident and no, I shouldn't say I was always confident, but as a child, I was always someone whom people would remark to me you're meant to do something like there's just something about you. People have been telling me that since I was as as long as I can remember. And that's almost like you don't, I don't know if you don't want to hear it when you're a kid, but it's almost like it's jarring to hear because you're like, Oh gosh, there's something. What, what is it? What is it? You know, the way I walk, the way I talk, but um, just like that kind of started it. And not that it's hit every single area of my life, but, you know, it's been a consistent theme where people are like, there's just something about you. 
And it's hard for me to, to even say that because I think sometimes that can be perceived as boastful, but it's, it, it's not what I mean by it. And I hope it doesn't come off that way, but it could. And then that's okay too, because I think that's a fear thing too, of being afraid of how you come off to people. And so I've gone through stages with that. I've gotten a lot better. But as a child, I was always kind of told that. Um, went through, you know, grew up with four siblings. So for someone to tell you, you there's something different about you, there's just something about you, that's great to hear when you don't feel like you are, you know, as important. I guess when there's five kids, it's hard to pick attention for one of the five. And my parents did a beautiful job and still continue to do a beautiful job of, of at the beginning, raising us to be different people, not having to raise us exactly the same, recognizing that we were individuals, um, letting us be a part of this process and what we, how we're growing and, and recognizing those things and still doing that to this day. Like nobody's treated exactly the same in my siblings. And I think that's a gift my parents gave us. I don't know that they planned it or they thought it out that way. Um, I feel like now, you know, parents that are our age and, and in this generation, there may be thinking more about how they want to raise their child. I don't know that that was a thing um, in the 80s and 90s. I think parents are just like, whatever works. <laughs> <laughs> um, so for someone, to, you know, for that to be pointed out to you several times um, when you feel that you're not necessarily as seen and heard as you'd like to be just because of, you know, having so many people in one house uh, was was always lovely and always interesting. Um Went through Catholic school my whole life, got really into musical theater. That's where I started to find uh, my light, and I was super passionate about it. But the other theme that will run consistent throughout my life is this, this idea of being multi-passionate. So it's never just one thing. <laughs> um, I don't go through, like, obsessive phases of things except uh, ice cream flavors and music, like one song. <laughs> Um, I'm in the process of getting diagnosed with adult ADHD, have been in the process for a while, haven't been really, um, haven't been on it as I should, but pretty much mostly diagnosed. And part of that is like obsessions with little things. Like you'll listen to the same song over and over and over because it's a comfort. You watch the same shows over and over and over. Um, and it's kind of like a soothing thing. That has not been a thing with my passions for whatever reason. Um, I also this adult ADHD thing is certainly adult ADHD, and I did not have this as a child. It's it's, it's a completely different world. Um, point being, so kind of just go kept going through my life multi-passionate. I um, was with um, my ex-husband for a very long time. We met in high school. So I would say that I kind of defined my life in periods of like childhood, yes, and then into middle school, beginning high school, really trying to come into myself. And then I met this person who was an important person in my life for um, almost 13 years. So that period with him, um, unfortunately, maybe started off as a period where I continue to grow. But the best way to describe it is that I felt fearful, here's the fear, to make any changes to myself for fear of losing this relationship that I so valued. So there's the beginning of this relationship with fear. And I think um, a lot of people will say to me, it's like, well, you speak so openly about your divorce and like what that was like. And I'm like, well, I don't think you'd fully understand who I am today without that. 
I didn't get married wanting to get divorced. I'll tell you that divorce is not something that I ever wanted or pictured or even, you know, discussed in my life other than, you know, there's family members and things like that. But like my parents are, are married. They've been married 40 something years. Um, I have, you know, aunts and cousins and uncles and such that are divorced, but it just like, it was never something I imagined, but heck did it make me who I am or at least let me come back to myself again. So something that can be so negative really wasn't, um, although it was at the time, like in it, obviously, but I'm very weirdly to say grateful for a divorce. Um, I won't say that that was the beginning of fear in my relationship with fear. I would say that that relationship with fear probably started, um, you know, just with wanting to be accepted as a kid. I think that's where it starts. I think if we're going to go deep, far back, it's like, when you're in a house of four other kids, um, even with my parents doing a fantastic job raising us and, and making us feel like individuals, you still, like, as a kid, you just need attention. You you need that. Actually, as a human, probably, you need attention. But as a kid, it, as a kid it's quite um, important. So I was always making a bunch of friends and, and, you know, getting involved in activities and things like that. But there was this, you know, need to be accepted with leads into a fear of, you know, being a little too different or whatever it might be. But I mean, I'm a weird kid. <laughs> I'm a weird kid. I'm always going to be a weird kid. And that's that's just how I grew up. So I had friends, you know, groups of friends, but I was never somebody who was like, you know, friend from preschool all the way into today. I, I as far as friendships, friendships have been um, something that I've been really blessed that I feel like I can make friends wherever I go. I can make home wherever I want it to be. But if you looked at the first 29 years, 30 years of my life, you probably wouldn't have said that. I grew up and lived in the same place. I moved around Florida a little bit, like went up to Tallahassee to go to college, go Knowles, um, came down, lived in Naples, Florida for a little bit, but then went right back and I lived, you know, 10 minutes. I, I bought a house with my, my then husband. No, we weren't even married yet, but bought a house 10 minutes from where I grew up. Going back to what I was saying with like, that's where that fear, like that fear of change, that fear of not being accepted by this person that I loved and valued kept me from making decisions to come more into myself. Kept me from, I, the best way to describe it is feeling like a passenger in my own life. I wasn't driving. I didn't, from the outside, I'm certain that to some people because I think it had to be that it did feel like I was making the decisions. It did, looking back at a holistic view, it didn't feel like I was. Talking about, you know, moving back to Miami from, which is where I'm from, from Naples, and we moved in with my ex's parents because Miami's expensive. But we saved up and we bought a house, which was great. Ten minutes from where I grew up same world. I don't remember deciding that. I think I remember having the conversation of, I want an apartment because it's easy to clean and take care of. And I'm 24, <laughs> you know, like this is what I want. And, you know, but then getting excited when you see this, you know, house and the house was in Miami and I wanted to live closer to where I work. I was teaching high school at the time in Broward. That didn't happen in that housing market and things like that. And I don't regret having that house. I love that house. Um, you know, I was able to do a lot of things because of the sale of that house. So 
and it was a smart investment at 24, honestly, and, and probably smarter than I could imagine. But the point being, I just kind of kept letting these things happen in my life or decisions being made for me because of the fear of what would happen if I spoke up and said what I really wanted or even thought about what I really wanted. Because I, I think there were parts of that where I wasn't. So that um, led into a marriage that didn't last very long um, after being together for a long time, um, 11 years when we got married. Um, and then just just under just under a year, we separated and then a year of separation. And again, one of the hardest things I've ever done. But oh my goodness, did it make me start to have to make decisions for myself. And I don't know that if you guys can hear it in my voice, and, and maybe this is just people who know me, but I'm like, I'm coming to realizations as I'm telling you this thing. I don't know if you can hear it, but I am. And I'm just like, oh, yeah, that's definitely where it started. Forced out of this role of wife that I had just come to terms with, or at least partner, girlfriend, fiance, whatever you might be, um, into this new role of single after not being single since I was 17 years old, uh, will change a lot of things. <laughs> will change a lot of things. But in as much as I fought it at first and didn't want it, it's now that I'm able to recognize that it was not a fit and this was not a life I chose. And I don't know, I, you know, I don't even know if he chose that life. There's parts of me that recognize that like we were just trying, we were just two people trying to make something fit that didn't because of the care that we had for each other or because of the time commitment. I don't know, <laughs> whatever it might be. Um, a lot of people will ask you that when you get divorced, like, what was it? And you're like, well, <laughs> that's a hard thing to say. Um, it's generally a lot of things. It's generally a lot of little things built up. But I think at the core, if I had to pick one thing, which I feel like when people ask you questions about divorce, they're just like, okay, what do I, what don't I do? <laughs> Tell me what the checklist or uh, I feel like more people have asked me for relationship and marriage advice being divorced than maybe ever when I was married. <laughs> like, and I think I'm like, wait, mine didn't work. <laughs> do, you, do you want my advice? I'm not sure you do. But I think it's that, right? We're, we're trying to learn from the nostalgia of someone else. So I, I would say that that was it. It was when something doesn't fit and you know it, mm -hmm. you know it in your core, which granted, when you meet someone at 17, it's a hard thing to, it's a rare thing that that will continue to fit 15 years later, mm -hmm. you know, 10 years later. And part of that, and part of this journey that was, you know, happened to me, right, was the realization that I really did have to be more self-aware than I had been. I love and appreciate and care and, and absolutely want to nurture the woman I was when I was married and in that relationship. I just want to hold her and tell her everything's going to be okay. Like, you have no idea what's on the other side of this. I know it seems so hard right now, but there's something so beautiful. But but the thing that I don't regret what happened, it's my life story. It's why I'm here talking to you today. But I just wish I could tell her, like, start doing that work. Like, start figuring out who you are, which is an incredibly difficult to thing to do when you're starting a life with someone at 17. Um, 
it's difficult, but if I, you know, it's difficult at any age, but I, I just, that's the thing that I kind of wish I could. Um, so decided to really jump into the fear with that. I decided I wasn't going to be a teacher anymore, not because I didn't love my students. Um, I this them. I got a message from a student today on oh. Facebook Messenger asking me to look at his law school essay. And I'm like, oh, yes, absolutely I will. Oh, my goodness. How are you old enough to be in law school? And then I realized that I haven't taught in almost four years. So that's that's another thing, age. But <laughs> um, so I, I, you know, decided I'm going to leave teaching or at least take a sabbatical. That was the idea at the time. Take a year off, come to terms with myself, um, invest a little bit of money into the my first experience with a coach, uh, an online coach, uh, a woman, Marley goodness, that woman is an angel um, who showed me that I could teach and travel. And that's that's what she did at the time. Um, she had a program where she would work with you and help you plan out a year of travel and um, help you figure out how to teach what you could do it to support yourself and thus forth. So she helped me find a program in Italy where I would teach for three months and um, and then be able to travel on the weekends. And then I you know developed a plan further from that with her. But that's kind of the beginning of this online coaching space, which is really cool when you think back to it. Um, and she really helped me, and I got to meet her in person um, just just before I left, and that was just beautiful, and, and we still talk from time to time. And she really just helped me start that journey. So part of that, you know, as I'm describing myself, we're talking about fear and all these things and, and really going into the topics naturally, which is great. Part of that is you do – have to recognize with fear that you may not be able to do it entirely on your own. Mm. Fear by definition is something that's scary. <laughs> it's literally fight or flight in your body. You're going to have a visceral reaction to fear. You can't always do it by yourself. And so by fear of, you know, not being married anymore, which I had to just accept that was still, I was supported by people. My fear of what's my identity outside of being a married high school English teacher that I needed support through. You know, the steps of travel, like Marley helped me show, like Marley was a big part in showing me that I did not have to be, like high school English teacher didn't have to be my entire personality. Married high school English teacher, it just didn't. It's a lovely personality. I still have the cardigans and the flare pens, but it's not everything. I have more to me. I'm multi-passionate. And I lost that by fear of switching it up and being different. And and now I stand this, you know, 33-year-old woman who will actively seek out things that scare me. Not to the sense of like, you know, I mean, I like haunted houses and things, but like actually like doing the work to recognize, oh, why, why does doing this or the thought of doing this scare me? Okay, if it's scary, that means I probably have to do it. But that's been a long, that's been, you know, four years of going through this journey and having the support of people along the way, of people who maybe didn't go through the exact same thing as me, but enough to do it, you know, enough to say, hey, I want to help other people do the same thing. So the online coaching space, it's a beautiful, beautiful thing and something I had no idea existed prior to, you know, 2019. Um, so I full-time traveled and then came back because of covid and it was, okay, <laughs> time to start my life after seven months of absolute freedom. 
seven months that would not have happened had I not jumped into the thing that I was afraid of. There's very little in this world that's as scary <laughs> as I'm moving to another country. <laughs> There's very little that's as scary and nerve wracking. And sometimes the steps to doing that are just ignoring every intuition that you have. <laughs> um, but also there's good, there was always good intuition. Like this is what I meant to be. And most things have a backup plan. Most things, you don't have to have one set up, but like if I hated it, I could have just come back. But at the time it was scary, scary as shit. <laughs> there's no, people ask me like, how'd you do that? I'm like, I just did it. And that's the only way I can describe it. And that was the beginning of realizing that like, yeah, sometimes you don't have to think things through things too much. It did help to have a very supportive family. Um, when I told my parents that I was going to do this after a horrible year of, of divorce and separation and all that comes with that um, or what came with mine, it's different for everybody. I just thought they were going to be like, you're crazy. <laughs> <laughs> like, you're doing what? You just, no, they weren't at all. They were like, we're so excited for you. I'm like, mm. I think I think I recognize a few times in my life how special it is to have that support system. But I think that that time, that was big. Mm. That I'm going to sell my house, my car, almost everything I own. I'm going to put some things at your house and I'll be back in a year, I think. <laughs> they didn't call me crazy. They were excited. They were... You know, they said, wow, after all you've been through this year, like, you deserve it. You deserve to have this. Um, in true alley fashion, I couldn't just, like, go and just take a year off. I, I had to go work first. And I was like, okay, this is a transition. So I'll go work in the high school. And that I'm used to, even though it's in another country and it's Italian. Um, you know, I was going to live with a host family. So it wasn't living on my own. And then, you know, that intentional next step of, you know, I was going to go stay with family that I have in Ireland over Christmas and that was beautiful and lovely and um, and then I was going to go to Southeast Asia. When I went to Southeast Asia, I was going to start in a country that I had been to before. It was very, for as much as it was jumping into the fear, it was very planned and it was in a way because I had started to do the work to really understand myself. I was forced into it. <laughs> Let's be real. I had no choice but to be self-aware and self-sufficient. You know, there's only so many days that when something happens to you, these big traumatic events that you can just lay in bed and do nothing. And, and you deserve those. Do that. But there's only so many days you have to, you got to come to terms with something. Or at least that's, that's what I felt. I have not taken a breath or stopped talking or let you ask a question. I'm <laughs> sorry. <laughs> well, I could, I could listen to you talk for, I mean, fun fact, Allie and I met up for a drink. <laughs> I think it was so One funny. drink. <laughs> that turned into we got kicked out of one bar because they closed. Yeah. Then we went to a restaurant, got a late dinner, and we got kicked out of that restaurant because they closed. <laughs> so. Well, obviously we can talk forever, but apparently I'm just talking. Normally they're more conversational. This one was just me talking. But um, the topic of myself, I could just talk about it. No, it's not just that it's me. It's just I want everyone to, to, I don't want everyone to get divorced, but I want everyone to have lived this life where they get to choose. And that's, that's the big thing. That's why I get so excited. And that's why I talk about it. And that's why I'm starting the podcast. The reality mm -hmm. is, is like, if one person 
can come to terms with their purpose um, and decide that they're going to create the life that they want. That's enough. Mm-hmm. Even if it's small, that's enough for me. And that's why I'm doing it because I just, you know, part of me doesn't want anyone to get stuck in something that they don't feel they fit in. Mm-hmm. You know, you have choices and that you're never stuck. Yeah. Or at least, you know, yeah, that you, that you're never really, you're never really stuck, even if it feels like it. Yeah. Um, Well, and it's just, I've heard you tell your story a couple times, and I think that a lot in your story really resonates with a lot of different people, more than you know. And as you were talking, I was like, oh, we have, there's an alignment there, because I went through the online coaching space, and I also um, was always told that I was meant for something bigger, and I feel that in my... (laughs) in my bones you are. um but yeah thank you for sharing that I just I am so inspired and admire the way that you share your story so openly and I know it's going to help a lot of people because just by living your life and showing up in the way that you want to show up is going to allow other people to see what is possible for themselves so thank you for that um and so I was as I was preparing for this episode, I got on Instagram and I looked at your story and you posted something that really went into our conversation. Um, And it said, sometimes you have to stop being scared and just go for it. Either it will work out or it won't. That's life. And I feel that on a spiritual level because I feel like I let fear hold me back in so many ways in my life. And like, I could be way further along than I am right now, but I let fear hold me back. I have a book called Do It Scared, and I still am like, huh, what is going to (laughs) happen? So I know that you've kind of talked a little bit about how you kind of pushed through your fear, and you've given so many examples of it. And I, I would love for you to talk about how you've improved your relationship with fear because you said there was a lot of planning and when you went to Italy and you kind of set yourself up for success in a way um because yeah it was scary to go do that but you kind of had things in place that made it a little less scary so I'd love for you to talk about how we can improve our relationship with fear absolutely um first I want to start with don't beat yourself up about thinking that you're not far enough along because you haven't jumped into the fear like we all need to start there whoever's listening start there there is you got you for life there's no need to beat yourself up and you are exactly where you are supposed to be mm-hmm. if you're listening to this i'm talking directly at katie as well <laughs> you are you are exactly where you're supposed to be you're supposed to have not you you have you should not be any quote unquote further along which is an arbitrary timeline than you are in this exact moment you are where you're supposed to be. And I have seen that time and time again. When you when you start doing the work, I keep saying that, but and I'll explain it in a second. When, when you start doing the work and you're coming to terms and you're really understanding yourself, you realize like everything is leading into another. Everything. And so, mm-hmm. hey, start, we got to say some really nice things to ourselves and say, you're doing great, sweetie. You're doing great. I have post-it notes all over my apartment, in my uh, office. 
at, at work and they're all like, you got this, babe. And, you know, I love you. Like that seems something so silly to like tell ourselves. It's like those things you have to, you have to show the world how to treat you. Mm-hmm. You have to show the world that you are confident enough in who you are, even if you're not fully where you want to be. None of us are. If we were exactly where we were supposed to be, what would be the point of continuing? Mm-hmm. So we're meant for growth. We're meant for change. And I spent 13 years stagnant is what I would call it in a lot of ways. In some ways I didn't. I mean, I, I started a career about a house, like outside view for sure, but stagnant in my relationship with myself. I was so focused on a relationship with somebody else and maintaining that and keeping that up. And if anyone has ever um, dated or uh, married a a narcissist, you'll know what I'm talking about because a lot of it is just your whole self goes into that. So I did that for 13 years almost. And, and, I didn't make progress like I'd like to, but look how fast I've been able to progress since then. Mm. And I, you couldn't have told me when I was 17, well, maybe at 17, but you couldn't have told me like in my 20s that this is what was going to happen. Not in, not in my wildest dreams that I would have traveled the world and lived abroad and started, you know, my own company and started a community for women and started a pot. Like, there's no way you could have told me this. So none of that and that's a long period of time. That's 13 years. A couple of months of, you know, not pushing towards some goals or feeling like you haven't hit it enough. That's okay. It's all okay. I think we equally live in a, I think a lot of, hopefully people can relate to this. I have like this hustler mentality that I've never really recognized that I had um, until I've started to do the work to become more self-aware. And I'm like, go, go, go all the time. Hustle mode. Move got to be going for the next goal, got to be pushing for the next thing. And I've more recently in the last year or so realized that I don't have to and that my worthiness, my self-worth is not tied to productivity. Mm. Just like my self-worth isn't tied to how many times I jump into something that I'm afraid of. Mm. <sighs> <laughs> Your face. It's everything. I wish this was a video podcast. <laughs> um, Maybe I should make this one. <laughs> no, don't. I'm. <laughs> but oh my gosh, Hallie, ah, it's it's big big truce today. Hashtag yeah. big truce. Got yeah, lots to say. <laughs> yeah. Well, and my word for this year is worthiness, and my whole like. So far this year, worthiness has been interwoven into everything. And I guess that's why I chose it, because I really need to learn that I am worthy. And I, I'm i so glad that you said that, because I think a big part of our relationship with fear is how we speak to ourselves. Because like you said before, we are designed to avoid danger. It's it's for our survival. We're going to run the opposite direction of anything that feels scary because we want to survive. And I think that's why we are like inner critic, whatever you want to call it, speaks to us in a way that makes us feel unworthy because it wants to protect us. It's like, oh, but what if it doesn't work out? What if they say no? What if they do this? And we're trying to protect ourselves which is natural and normal and don't 
you know, we're programmed that way. So mm-hmm. when I, when I, and I do want to give the advice on, on things that you can do to move through those fear, like move through that fear, set yourself up. But I just, I think it's most important to recognize that like, yes, that's normal and it's okay. And one of the big reasons I love 2022 is like the internet and um, the internet, uh, more than that, like social media, <laughs> talking like I'm 90, the internet. <laughs> Um, <laughs> social media and uh, TikTok and Instagram, you get to see people generally living or like even be real, this new app. I don't know if you've heard of it, where it's like in the moment it asks you to take a picture. I don't have time for that, but I think it's a cool <laughs> concept. <laughs> I'm like, I don't need another thing that I have to do every day. But point being, um, I like this age that we live in because you start to recognize how normal you are. Mm-hmm. I saw this TikTok the other day about how like, you know, you go to an, it was like, a, oh, it's that trend, something to the effect of he's a six, but he da 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 does something mm-hmm. or she's a, okay. So it was, he's a, he's a four, but he's at the airport with you and he is your age or something <laughs> like, and you're like, he's a 10. Obviously <laughs> I've written their entire love story in my head. Like I've done that because we're the same age and we're looking at each other in an airport. And I, that's what the girl was saying in the TikTok. And I'm like, oh my God, I've done that. I used to do that all the time. <laughs> Don't tell my boyfriend. No, um, it, it's normal. It's normal to be afraid of things. It's normal to fight things. It's normal to have that feeling that, you know, you don't feel worthy or, you know, the feeling in the back of your head telling you like, what if it doesn't work out? But you can train it. You can train that voice. I have this like half sleeve. You can't see it because it's a podcast, but I have this half sleeve. And it's, um, it was a big deal for me for multiple ways. It's a woman's face at the bottom. Um, like a female form. It's in like this really pretty triangle thing. Follow me on Instagram. You can see my tattoo. It's really pretty. Um, <laughs> <but> there's a, <laughs> that sounded horrible, but you can't if you want to see it. <laughs> Someone's going to come back and comment like, oh my gosh, she's really into herself. <laughs> I am, but I've earned this because for a very long time, I was not into myself. I was not, I didn't think. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> I love you so much. <laughs> oh, go on, go on. Sorry. I just know. But okay, so <laughs> that, that's another topic for another day. This could be like a three part podcast episode. <laughs> I'm thinking about that. <laughs> um, how people perceive you is none of your business, first of all. Because the way people perceive you, to go off on a tangent, the way people perceive you is entirely tied to them. And people are not as worried about you as you think they are. So let's start there when we're talking about worthiness and like fear of acceptance. Mm -hmm. People pleasing. I, you know, could talk about that all day long, having conversation with Steven last night about how I don't say anymore, I'm a people pleaser. I say, I have people pleasing tendencies because it doesn't define who I am. Mm -hmm. And I refuse to let it even though it's something I do all the time because I I want to be liked and adored. (laughs) But the most important thing to me is to like myself, Mm. to love myself. And let me tell you, if you you are having that thought, wow, she's really into herself. If you had met me not too long ago, you would not have said that about me. You just wouldn't have. That's just not who I was because I didn't like myself. 
because I was so worried about what other people thought about me. And I didn't like the way I looked and I didn't like the way I used. <laughs> that is me. That's everyone. That's everyone. That's what, I, that's what I'm trying to say that like when I say it's normal, everyone's like that, whether they talk about it or not. And point being, and if you, if you take, there's a lot of things I want you to take from today, but if you could take one thing or one of the things I'd like you to take is people are not as freaking worried about you as you think they are. Mm-hmm. They're too freaking worried about themselves. We all are. I don't have time to think, you know, if, you know, how someone said something on a podcast and how they're perceived. I don't have time about that. I'm too, I'm too worried about how I might be, be perceived myself. There's a lot going on up here. Well, how, how do we get, like, how can we get past the point of kind of like not liking ourselves? Yeah. Oh, that's huge. One, it's it's a lifelong process. And there are still days. One of the big things that started this journey of me going and really coming to myself post-travel, so coming back, COVID world stuck inside, was um, starting a fitness program. And I will tell you, the reason I started a fitness program is online program. I had a coach, again, the online coaching space. That's sort of how I started this journey of coaching. I did not like the way I looked. So I tell you this story about me and people are like, that's crazy. You traveled the world. You went out there and did your dreams. I came back and I looked in the mirror and I said, who is that? Mm. That's reality. I looked at the mirror. Sorry. I looked in the mirror and I said, I don't like the way I look. How crazy is that? Mm. I survived a horrible divorce. I, I got left everything I knew. I traveled the world. I taught students in another country. I made an impact. I, I came to terms with myself. I went through this journey and I still looked at myself and I didn't love it entirely. And, and I started a fitness program because I wanted my body to look different. I don't I regret that either because it was such a journey with me. And I actually love exercise now, but I do it for a different reason. It's not to torture myself or to look different. It's not for aesthetics. It's because I want to live a long, happy, joyful, healthy life. And, you know, I didn't think I was going to cry on this, but I cried. Um, Point being, I think I tell myself on a daily basis that life is too short not to love yourself. Mm. And if you don't love yourself, I'm talking to you. Who the heck is going to know how to love you? And that's not just romantic love. I promise the people that love you already are going to just love you even more as you love yourself more. Yeah. So true. Like you said, you've got to tell people how to treat you and how to love you. And and you don't even, I mean, yes, if if you're talking about a relationship that you're attempting to work on and and things like that, which you should always be working on your relationships, but you show it. It's how you show up to the world. Mm -hmm. The reason I was talking about the tattoo is because of the, the reasoning behind getting it. There's a lot of different reasons. Um, it's on my upper arm. It's a big tattoo. I have tiny tattoos all over. This is my first big tattoo and I, I love every second of it. And this this idea came from, and I, I can see it, but you can't see it. I have a painting in my apartment. This apartment that I'm sitting in here recording this podcast is truly where I came to myself even more than I ever have. It's my first space by myself. I, lived, I grew up in a house with six other people. <laughs> and dogs, dogs. 
cats, guinea pigs, turtles, all kinds of things. <laughs> and then when I moved, I went to college. I lived with roommates. Then I lived with my boyfriend. And then we, him and I continued to move together. Um, so I had never lived on my own, which is, is most people's stories. A lot of people don't have that solo time. But I, if you have a chance to decide that, I would fully recommend it. Um, I'm not suggesting you leave your current living situation and go live by yourself. But I've, I've cried here. I've, I've come to my terms here. I've worked out here. I've brought people into this space. I've, you know, really come to my own, into my own through having my own space, which, you know, I pay so much money for every month, but it's worth it. It's worth it, I think, um, just to go through this process. So I had a very hard time when I was married deciding, as you can imagine, as I said, because I was afraid to make the wrong decision. That's the reality. But mm -hmm. it would just frustrate my husband. He'd be like, why? Or my ex-husband. Well, husband at the time. I don't never know how to say that right. <laughs> he, it would just frustrate him because he's like, just pick something. Just do something. And one of the first things I put up on the wall is this painting. And I'm looking at it. And it gives me chills every time. I don't have a TV. It's where you would normally have a TV facing your couch. And it's a woman. It's, it's similar to my tattoo. It's just like the bottom profile of her face. And then flowers, plants, um, a couple butterflies coming out from her face. You can't see her eyes. And I saw it at a TJ Maxx in Charlotte when I first moved in. And I was like, I need that. Like, I felt I had a visceral reaction to this painting um, at a TJ Maxx. But <laughs> I was, I really, I reacted to it. And I was like, man, there's something about it. So I didn't know why other than I was just struck. It's really beautiful. It's also the right colors. It's, it's very me. And I, at the time where I was figuring out what was me, what's my aesthetic? How do I want to decorate? It was so important to me. Uh, because I didn't make those decisions before. It didn't feel like it. So I have basically that image tattooed on me with some different changes. But essentially what the meaning of it to me is, you know, not being able to see her eyes covered with that is that there's a lot of different things. But the one for the purpose of this, so I don't go on and on and on. If you want to know the full purpose of that tattoo, again, you can go on Instagram and I write down all of it. Um, you can choose your thoughts. Mm. I look at this every day and realize that my thoughts can be beautiful flowers. They're peonies. They're my favorite flower in the whole world. They're sprigs of lavender, which represent my grandmother and my mother, um, the people who came before me, reminding myself that I can wake up every day and decide what I want to think. And I'm in control. So into your question, like, how do we build this muscle? Like mm -hmm. confidence. How do we build this muscle? Practice, choosing. Some of the ways to get real practical with you that I feel have helped me the most that felt so super silly to me at first. One, journaling. Uh, people will, if you follow me on Instagram, you see I post it every single day, mostly. Sometimes I just don't, I just forget to. But I'm doing it every day. I am listening to a podcast or reading something that makes me grow simple. And then I'm writing down something. If I could recommend a single practice for anyone wanting to become more self-aware, more confident, less afraid, more understanding of themselves is in developing a morning routine. 
developing that morning routine. Uh, it'll be an episode of my podcast. <laughs> Let's do it. I'll talk about it. But the basics of that, something that makes you grow, writing down something. I like to say something because I like to keep it big and broad because it, it, it's a practice, right? It's the practice of doing this thing. So it's doing it before you do anything else in the morning. And that's how I've made the most progress in growth. I used to start with prompts. So I would like go on Pinterest or there's a, a great app called Prompted that would, and I was part of subscription at one point and that's gone through many variations. So I'll write down, uh, you know, respond to a prompt. I'll, you know, go through and almost every day without fail, I write a gratitude list now. That's the, that's the version of it right now. I'll write down three things that I'm grateful for that happened in the last 24 hours and they have to be specific and I can't repeat the same thing. It's not as hard as it sounds. <laughs> it's awkward and weird at first. But starting that day with a, a scope of being grateful is so important. I think gratitude is huge. But when you're on a journey, it also helps you in the self-awareness journey. Because I would say if, if there's one muscle tool thing that you need to develop is the ability to be self-aware. Because I feel like most people are not. And most people, everyone can benefit from being more aware of your actions, your thoughts, your dreams, your ideas. When I came back from traveling and accomplished this huge thing in life, and this is often a practice that I'll do with clients. It's often one of the first things we do because I know how hard it is to do and I know how beneficial it is. Thinking about what you want your life to look like. I'm sorry, what you want your life to feel like. How do you want to wake up and feel in the morning? What's your vision a month from now? But what's your vision a year, five years, 10 years down the road? And the first person who told me to do this was when I was um, with my wellness coach, Kelsey, who was a huge, another big part of this journey. Mar Marley started as far as a coach. And I, I could talk all day about the value of coaching and, and something I didn't believe in for a really long time. But Kelsey was the next step to that when I you know, was looking at this person in the mirror and saying, I made all these changes. I've, I've done all these things and I just don't like the way I look and I want to look how I feel. Right. Which, mm. Yeah. I felt so different. I felt like it was an entirely new place, but I just didn't look like it. Um, and part of that was like travel. You're just worn down. You're not taking care of yourself, that kind of thing. And I lived in Italy, so I ate all the pasta, all the cheese, drank all the wine, all the bread, all the things. Um, <laughs> I do not regret that for one second. I, I hope everyone has a chance to live with an Italian mother. And I lived with two different Italian mothers, one for the first part of the program, the second, and loved them. Um, I don't know if they'd listen to this podcast, but that would be absolutely lovely if they did. Uh, <laughs> Paula and Lorenza, um, two mothers of my heart um, who who also taught me so much and, and how important it was to just start to really learn from the people that in your life that you come in. You, there's a reason that you come across people or at least a purpose mm -hmm. when people come into your life, much how I think you and I met. I think there's mm -hmm. huge purpose in that. I, I need the kickstart that I needed to start my podcast and many other things. But um, becoming self-aware is not anything you're going to be. Oh, I don't want to say you won't regret it because um, <laughs> it's hard. Some days it's harder to be self-aware than it's not. Um, so Kelsey, 
Go ahead. You learn a lot about yourself. And a lot of times it's not things you wanted to know. (laughs) And you're like, can I just go back to when I would, you know, come home from work, veg out on the couch and watch Netflix every night and not do anything else and not try to grow as a person. And you're like, you know, wouldn't it be great if I didn't have to get up at, you know, because to to implement a morning routine, you do have to get up earlier. So yeah, there's that. Um, <laughs> although that it has many different versions and, and, uh, I will, I did a not too long ago, a morning routine workshop about how to set that up and how you, it doesn't have to be in the morning. I was a bartender at one point full time and I did it whenever I woke up. So it's just a matter of it being the first thing. And sometimes it's in a rush on the way to work and I do the gratitude in my head. Um, but sometimes I have, you know, 40 minutes to an hour where I just journal out a topic point being to go back. I feel like I keep going off, but Sorry, I cut you off. No, saying okay. Kelsey something. <laughs> Kelsey encouraged me to this pro- to do this um, vision work. What I was talking about. So she said, and my first <laughs> reaction, which I thought was weird, I was like, only I can be reacting that way. Uh, but since doing this with clients, they're like, they kind of have the same reaction. It's like, no, I don't, I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to. I just, I just want to live my life. I don't want to picture what my life looks like. I don't want to envision. Um, for me, the biggest struggle was it was COVID times. We were locked inside. Secondly, I had just done this thing that was huge on the bucket list, right? I had accomplished. And people don't talk about that because often we're just like pushing for something and pushing for something. And sometimes it doesn't come to fruition and that's okay. But if you don't talk about the after effects of when you've done the big thing, that was a huge thing for me. It was like, oh, well, no, I, I did everything I'm going to do. I was 31 years old. There's so much more to do in my life. And that was only seven months. But um, point being that it was hard for me, but going through the awkward, and I'm going to mention this in more than one way, is leaning into the awkward feeling of just starting to write it down and see what happens, even if it's uncomfortable, even if it doesn't feel like, like, like I said, I don't want to, <laughs> you know, even if it feels that way, try it. And it's not going to hurt. Once you once you get past that initial like ugh, like the ick, um, it it doesn't. Another thing that you can do to help um, like improve your relationship with it or improve your relationship with yourself, your self awareness, and to to move into more of a place of self love. Wow, that was like a lot of things, but the, it, it all leans into this. They're all one and one and uh, go in hand with one another, go hand in hand. Affirmation work. Um, when I say that I said no to vision work, I said no to affirmations for a very long time. And probably because the reason or the way that I think that everyone should start is so uncomfortable. I'm not going to lie to you and tell you that this work is comfortable because it's not. Mm-hmm. But my goodness, is it worth it mm-hmm. <laughs> to lean into those things? I think there is, you know, a sense of just reminding yourself over and over that it's worth it. Mm-hmm. Um, but the way that I'm going to suggest doing affirmations is to pick just a couple. It doesn't have to be a lot. I hate, I, you know, I, I'm never one to say 18 things. It's, it's a few things. First thing in the morning, and I want you to look in the mirror and say them to yourself. It's so awkward. <laughs> it's so awkward and silly. And it feels like, what am I doing this for? But start doing that every day. And my goodness, will you love yourself more. Mm-hmm. If you can't think of affirmations, one Pinterest is a great 
Google, Instagram. Um, I have some um, affirmations you can pull from my Instagram. That's why it's on there. I did like five days in a row and they all have a, like a different idea behind them, like some around goal setting and purpose, some around loving your body, um, confidence. There's, there's a few different ones. Um, and it's just like a live, so you can listen through it and then repeat it with me if you can't find something, which in the world of 2022, go get a physical book at Barnes and Noble if you want, (laughs) like there's a way to do it. Um, but I started it by looking in the mirror and pointing or touching each part of myself and saying, I love my, I love my, Mm. it's awkward. It's hard. You're looking at yourself, but. I truly believe doing that. And I don't think I did it for very long. I, I I often will go back and do it again. I find myself like if I'm having like a low confidence day or a low body confidence day, which happens. Mm-hmm. Um, I am not, uh, my body is not, you know, I'm not a model skinny or although that, that's even silly anymore. But like, you know, I'm a, a thicker girl. I've always been thicker on the bottom. That's always a tough way to like grow up. And we could probably go through that all day with body confidence. A lot of it is being looking around in middle school and going, oh my gosh, none of these girls are, are built like me. Um, but loving it, like, oh my God, I love my butt, my hips, everything. You know, there's things that I, that I still, I'm like, oh, that's not my favorite part about my body, but going through the process of like, you know, touching, you know, your eye or pointing to your eyes. I love my eyes. I love my nose. I love my mouth. I love my arms. I love my shoulders. I love my uh, belly. I love my thighs, you know, going through all that as a person who, again, coming back from traveling. So this is March, 2020 looked in the mirror and said, I don't like anything about this, how this person looks. I just like what's in her head, which granted you are so much more important than the way you look. You're, you are beautiful and it's the least freaking interesting thing about you. But we're not taught that. No. Even in the most loving, understanding, quote unquote, perfect households, mm-hmm. which nobody really has. But like, even in that kind of world where you feel loved and supported and heard, which is a hard thing to do uh, as a parent. And I'm not a parent. I can't even imagine what that's like. But. And I guess I can imagine, but <laughs> I don't and like I, that's a hard thing to do to set up a situation like that, because, you know, then it's like, are you giving them too much confidence too young or are you exposing them too much? So, you know, there's there's beauty in having to figure that out for yourself, I think, mm-hmm. is the way I would describe. There is something beauty and the beautiful in the process. But. I don't. I don't know how to implement that. And one of the things that I've always thought, um, and one of the reasons I became a teacher is because I did want to make an impact on kids because I felt like that's such a, I, an ideal important time to, mm-hmm. to really encourage and move forward and give them a space and, and a platform and to make them, most of it is, most of being a teacher other than teaching the content, which has to be a teacher, many blessings absolutely admire you, especially if you're teaching in the time of COVID and have continued. You're an angel. You are doing great. First of all, don't let anybody think you're not. If you're worried about how great of a teacher you are and you're like, I'm just not enough. The fact that you're worrying is enough. I used to mentor teachers younger than me. And that was the biggest thing. I was like, if you're sitting there worried, if you're good enough at something and teaching is part of this, um, 
you're probably doing great. <laughs> you're doing great because you're concerned about it because you're aware that you could be better at it. We can always be better at something. Mm-hmm. Point being, yes, we're not taught those things. And and for me, I want to make sure that message is heard. That's why I'm here talking today. That's why I'm starting a podcast is that like the things that we weren't taught, you can learn, you can discover. Mm-hmm. And just to recognize you're you're worthy and great. Yeah. You are. Like just how you are. You don't have to change a freaking thing about you. You don't. Mm-hmm. You're here listening to a podcast, so that's a big thing. Mm-hmm. You're listening to a podcast about confidence. <laughs> so obviously you've got your shit together. <laughs> yeah. Because or you're trying to. Yeah. You know, not everybody does that. And the yeah. more and more people we can get to be self-aware and love themselves just as they are, the better the better the world is. And so that's I, enough in itself. I wholeheartedly agree, Allie. I thank you for sharing all that because it's so it's so true and we need to keep hearing it and keep trying to practice it because until we take it upon ourselves to really learn that about ourselves and see what works for us. We're just going to feel like (laughs) we're going to keep feeling like we are and complaining about feeling like we are and not really doing anything about it. I think that's the beautiful thing about self-growth and self-improvement and the self-awareness is we get to figure things out about ourselves because not because not everyone's the same but we're more alike than we think oh yeah so i i (laughs) you've basically answered all the questions i was going to ask you and when you were (laughs) talking so i would like to give you a chance to talk about your new podcast chasing progress which i love Um, And I'm so thrilled that I have been able to kind of show you the ropes in a way. I know. (laughs) Absolutely. Show me the ropes. You guys don't understand this woman. Like (laughs) I would not be kicking off this podcast without Katie Hawks. It just would not be happening. The, the, The commitment to me is insane. But I think we just we bonded over that. Yeah. Bottles of rosé. <laughs> yes, bottles of rosé. <laughs> but I just, I believe in you so much, Allie, and I know you're going to help so many people. So I'd love you to talk a little bit more about your podcast and what people can expect. So expect very similar to this, because I do think that um, Katie and I have um, similar goals, aspirations, vibes, if you will. So I think similar vibes, similar um, discussions, I think confidence and progress go hand in hand. Um, But my plan for it right now is that it will evolve and that I'm not going to get too stringent on what it it looks like, feels like, and what it can't evolve, what it can evolve into. And this, Mm -hmm. this goes into um, what we've been talking about, which is, you know, jumping into things, going into your fear, using, you know, leaning into the fear instead of fighting it. A lot of it is knowing that your first chance, your first attempt is probably not going to be perfect. Mm-hmm. And being okay with that because you can't get better at something if you don't do it the first time. Yeah. Um, so true. that's that's a big tip. But and and I'm I'm living that right now um, in a lot of ways. It, the podcast being one of them. Um. So chasing progress for me, it was um. It's my coaching company name because I think it really does fit in all areas that I like to coach about and and fit into the needs of my clients. And it's also just something I strive by. 
So I don't have to be perfect. I don't have to, um, you know, do it right 100% of the time, but I do have to make progress. And progress looks different. Sometimes progress is the hustle. Like I was talking about earlier, I have this like hustle mentality. But sometimes the progress is slowing down. Mm. Sometimes it is. Sometimes that's where you're chasing progress is that you are slowing down and being with yourself and realizing that's not a waste of time Mm -hmm. and that it's just as important the rest, right? So talking about chasing progress, uh, it's going to be a combination of me, um, solo episodes, and then some interviews, including Katie will be one of my first interviews. So exciting. (laughs) Um, and it'll be about ways to chase progress in, um, that I have in my life, they have in their lives. And, and I hope that through that, or my hope, my desire, my purpose behind that is that you'll find some kind of connection to it, um, and be able to chase progress in your own life and keeping in mind why I love the term chasing progress. Why I'm so obsessed with it. I, I literally, it came to me while I was journaling, just so you know, like this name, super It just, that's how it happened. Same thing with Brave Space, um, which I don't want to forget to talk about. Same thing like that. It's just like, but anyway, so chasing progress is that that's forever. You're always going to be chasing progress. That's great. It's fantastic. You have a purpose. You have a lifelong purpose um, to chase progress, to make change, but also to chase the progress of being more confident in yourself, to loving yourself more, to being more self-aware, all of these things that we're talking about that are so important. You can chase progress personally. You can chase progress in your relationships. Um, It really is an all-encompassing term. And also, and I don't want people to forget that, that it's action the same as, for lack of a better word, inaction or rest. Those Mm -hmm. are just as equally important. And it's taken me quite some time to recognize that in my own life, that it's okay to rest. So that's part of my chasing progress, you know, and it's different for everybody. Um, you know, I just hope, I hope my purpose is that it affects one person. <laughs> I don't care if I record 500 episodes that it just affects one person. That's fine by me mm-hmm. because that's one more person who's self-aware or, you know, leaves a relationship that doesn't fit them anymore or, stands up for themselves or, you know, does something that makes them feel good, creates a life they want, whatever it is, again, you know, empowering you to chase progress um, Mm -hmm. and to, to make the changes while being equally as pumped and worthy and excited just as you are. I love it. I can't wait. I'm so excited. excited. You can find it wherever podcasts are sold. <laughs> <laughs> you can find it wherever podcasts, wherever you listen to a podcast. I'm a Spotify or Apple podcast listener, uh, but you can find it. Um, please feel free to reach out to me on Instagram. If you want to talk through things, um, I'm at Allie Jean double underscore on Instagram. It's uh, at A-L-L-Y-J-E-A-N-N-E double underscore um, on Instagram. And I love talking to people. So as you can uh- I'll have it linked in the show notes just okay, so people cool. know. <laughs> um, before we wrap up, quick about Brave Space, Brave Space CLT. So Brave this Space. is how Allie and I met. So, so. exciting. So I um, coaching, this is kind of how Brave Space started. I leaned into this community in COVID um, through a company. I was doing wellness coaching. That's how I came into the space. I'm grateful for that. I've met 
some of my closest friends through that. Um, but I came to a point last October where I recognized that that was not a fit for me anymore. And with the jumping into things that scare you and becoming self-aware, it's a practice. It gets a little less scary. Mm -hmm. It does. Um, as you build confidence and you build self-awareness, like it came to me a lot faster than things had in the past, this realization that, um, I needed to change what I was doing, even though I loved it, even though I, I did, I loved it. There was, you know, elements and aspects that I don't, but I loved the community. Um, goodness, I, I could talk, I could literally talk about jumping into your fear all day long. And that's where that started was being a wellness coach. So after leaving the coaching community, it got very lonely. I was like, I had all these girls around me, like supporting and rallying me because we were working towards the same business. And then I decided to go off on my own. And I was like, there has to be, most of my ideas have come for it. Like there has to be other people who need this too. There has to be at least one other person. So um, I was working with a, a business coach at the time who, again, another coach to help me build my business. And then she ended up, she was still my coach, but she's like, I just want to be friends with you. And now we're friends. Um, but Jesse, she helped me um, make a business plan, progress out, get a job where I could do both because the job I was working at before was just, you know, much more draining and I wasn't happy and, and, and fulfilled there for sure and helped me get out of. So as much as I've jumped into, you know, being afraid of things and jumped in, keep in mind, I still needed people to support me. I still needed this stranger from the Internet that lived in Charlotte who was offering free sessions walking in Freedom Park. To, to give me the permission, which sounds scary when you say it, but I do that too. So it's not scary, I promise. Um, but anyway, uh, to give me permission and to help me figure out a plan. So I told her I had this idea in my heart. I'm like, I, I got to find this community. She's like, why wouldn't you just make it? Mm -hmm. And that's where it started. Um, so I created this community here in Charlotte for... It took me a long time to come up with a name, but it came to me while I was journaling, Brave Space CLT. I literally flipped to that journal like further back earlier today and realized that I had written it with like a list. It was like number four or five on this list that I was writing. Um, and I wanted to be around, it was COVID was, you know, sort of ending, I guess it's sort of back, I, you know, but it was to a point where people were going out and doing things again. And I was able to um, recognize that people needed a space to like be with people again. And I was like, I want to create a community like I was so lucky to be a part of, but that's more inclusive for people doing a lot of different things. So women, anyone who identifies as a woman in the Charlotte area is very welcome. Katie posts about it all the time when we have our meetups. We meet up once a month and we discuss topics, some dates, some, some dates we just have fun um, and go explore some other area of Charlotte. But most of the time it's just being surrounded by people who are going to support you in whatever endeavor you'd like. Um, and to help you realize that you're not alone in maybe not knowing what you want to do or wanting a change or, I mean, we realized one meeting, there was 15 of us sitting around, which is just amazing. It started that way. I started, you know, with Katie was at the first one, there was five of us um, and I didn't think anyone was going to show up. So that was great. Um, creating this space. If you build it, they will come. That's what Katie tells me all the time. Mm -hmm. um, and that was the mentality and letting it naturally evolve into what it is. So you don't have to have it all figured out. And here is this community where women literally will tell me, thank you for creating this. We didn't know something like this could exist, but I know that I needed it. 
I will have the Brave Space CLT Instagram linked in the show notes. Thank you, Allie, so much for coming on. I can't wait to listen to your podcast. Everyone, please go listen to it. Um, And thanks, everyone, for listening. If you love this episode, please share it. And if you want to hear more from incredible guests just like Allie, please take a few minutes to rate this podcast, write a review, and subscribe. And I'll see you in the next one.